Hello, YouTube. If I end up sweating profusely during this podcast, it's because I'm sat next to a window and there's no aircon on. And it's very hot. But episode two of Lean Whiskey's an Empire Building. <laughs> episode two out of two where... If you're still watching... Not drinking. I'm, I'm quite impressed if you stuck by. <laughs> yeah. And as per the last... Well, the first episode, we said we're going to try and theme these as best as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about success. That's very vague. But I think what we're going to talk about is what we think the biggest contributing factors of success are. Because this is obviously very subjective. I have my opinions on what makes someone successful. I've got pretty good experience on it as well, having mentored a lot of people and dealt with a lot of business people. I'm sure Marcus comes with it from a very different perspective to me. Maybe not. We'll find out. Hopefully we have a bit of a debate. Or if we agree with each yeah. other, great. But success is one of those things that I think everyone has. Well, for one, how do you how do you define success, Marcus? I, I think before you can start <laughs> commenting on something, you have to define it. Yeah. I so. think going back to my academic days, that's what we did. But you have to define something before you you kind of can comment on it. So let's let's build the framework around what success is because you know. Let's, let's build that first, build a definition of success. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of <laughs> straight in at the existential <laughs> deep end right here. So, yeah, I mean, obviously for, mo for most people in the short term, at least, success tends to be financially based, doesn't it? Like, that's, it's, it's just a very easy metric, isn't it, to say, I have put in X amount of work and it has returned me X amount of value. Um, but then, I've said this a few times before, but... For me, success has never been about financial reward. For me, it's always been about fulfillment. And I think ultimately, most people get to that point once they hit a certain level of financial stability and financial freedom, oh, at I've least. I've got a great topic to kick off with. <laughs> yeah, <go> on, <laughs> hit me. <laughs> well, let's, like, okay, look, for, for most people watching, we all want to be rich. Like, that's not, I'm not going to lie. My opinion of being wealthy is it's not how much money you make but how you make your money i want to create a tremendous amount of wealth from helping a lot of people mm -hmm. so that's that's how i want to be wealthy but we'll let, let's let's say for, for example today we're going to talk about success in the financial sense um so first things first let's talk about can money and does money make people more fulfilled because I like to get your opinion on this because you and I have a very different like, <laughs> yeah. side to this. I am very money driven. I've, I've never hidden that fact. I like earning more money from stability standpoint, for buying things, from freedom perspective, from, you know, probably in an image thing as well. Like, there's a lot of things that are associated with success and also a way to quantify my success within my businesses because unlike bodybuilding, which is why I love bodybuilding and like growing, I can lift the weight and I can see it progress. Mm. I can see how my physique progresses, see how the scale progresses. With business, yes, you can talk about like culture, fulfillment, or like happiness within that and how much you're, yeah. good you're doing. But one of the best ways to quantify success for most people is money. So for, for me, I'm very money driven, whereas Marcus is not so. So do you believe, what's your opinion on, okay, success and fulfillment? Um, we're talking about success from a financial perspective. Yeah. Um, f personally, I <laughs> I can I can see why money can be attributed and, and equated to success, because ultimately, like I won't I won't argue with the fact that having money in <laughs> any Western society gets you a level of freedom. 
Yes. Um, but why if, just why just the Western society? Because I'd say I'd argue more so in, in non um, wealthy countries. I think there's well, it depends because you end up with more of an uh, a um, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, well, there's another, there's a whole different another. Can of worms there. I don't want to go down that line because <laughs> uh, I was going to argue that you're even with money in a West Western society, you're unable to manipulate the system as much. So therefore, you're less free in a Western society. Whereas, yeah, with the, money comes power in less developed countries. So you actually are more free. But uh, are you talking about standard living and things you can do within those countries, like restaurants, holidays, whatever? whatever I am, like. but but then to a degree, I think. Um, well, I mean, mo- most studies into happiness tend to show that um, happiness on the whole in progressive westernised nations is declining, has been declining for about 20 or 30 years as people have got wealthier, as living standards have increased. So clearly happiness and fulfilment aren't directly correlated to success financially. Like, I think looking at fulfilment is more important. I think that, what I was saying before, I think people realise that. I think once people have chased financial freedom and financial success for long enough, I think most people end up at a point where they're like, okay, money can't buy me happiness. Because from my perspective, happiness is attributed to fulfilment. I think if you lead a life that is fulfilled, you become happy, but if you lead a life that is purely based around financial success, you, there's no guarantee that you're going to be happy as a result of that. So I would completely agree with most of that. Mm. But what I would say is what I've encountered personally is if you're earning a lot of money and progressive amounts of money on a journey that is fulfilling you and you're both increasing fulfillment through the thing that you like doing and earning more and more money from it, I get more and more happiness. Yeah. Right. So because you're scaling the, but the thing two, that's fulfilling. But would I be as fulfilled if the money wasn't as high? Probably not. Because money does buy a lot of other things for me. Because I, I derive a tremendous amount of utility from family support. Like I've always seen myself as a, and I've always wanted to do this. Like I think from a very early age, I was more of like a, a provider. I was more of like mm. a hunter gatherer, like quite a alpha male like person. And in that sense, I always wanted to kind of be the rock for my family, which is probably why I got into mentoring as well, because I like being a support system for people. Although that does tend to be very lonely when you do get into shit, it's mm. a really fucking lonely place because you feel like there's no one else you can lean on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't go there, but what I found is that for me, I, I, I find a tr- tremendous amount of utility. Like for example, when this, uh, I won't say the words because I don't want to get banned, but this couple of year thing where we all got locked inside recently <laughs> happened. Um, I was the person that was like, right, if my brother loses his job, if my parents can't afford to pay their rent or mortgage, if my brother can't afford to pay his mortgage, or if like, you know, my, my brother-in-laws, my in-laws, this and the other, if trouble mm. financially, I'm the only motherfucker that can step up. Even though I'm the one that's getting hurt financially the most. But yeah. I was like, I have to be the one that, that, that steps up here mm. because I feel like I'm the only one that can. And although that was scary, the money that I had earned bought me that security and uh, and uh, stability within that situation and I was able to have conversations with all the time not to, to worry and the money brought such a tremendous amount of of happiness to me it was insane now talking about wealth again I, I think it's how people use their money as well so I get 
Like, yes, it's all well and good being able to buy a Ferrari, but then if you can retire your mum and put her in her own home, like not not, not a home home, <laughs> like her own Throw house, her in the bin, her dream home. <laughs> telling me you wouldn't get a lot of fulfillment from that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's a lot of caveats here, and I think yeah, but I think at a certain level, depending on how imaginative you can be, because <laughs> I can think of lots of ways of spending lots of money, which is probably why I get more utility the more it increases. But when people go, well, I bought my three bedroom semi detached house and my car. I don't really know what else to buy, the utility then would start to wear off. Whereas mm-hmm. me, maybe just the way I think, you can give me a billion pounds and I could find a way of spending it and get a tremendous amount of utility from it and be happier for it. Yeah, that's because I think this, the thing is, is you've obviously found the things that fulfill you. So that is, then they're, and they're, they're noble causes. <laughs> no, the things that fulfill you are helping people. Like, well, that, that is, that's the overarching thing there. So it's helping people. So it's first and foremost, is helping your friends and your family. And then second's that it's just trying to drag everyone else up with you. Yeah, I'd say like I'm not I'm not a, a philanthropist by any means, but yeah, I put myself I put my gas mask on first. Like I get my nice things and make sure I'm secure. Then I make sure those people are secure. I think a lot of people make the mistake of they get a bit of money and then try to you know, retire their entire family before they even secure themselves. And I think that's a massive mistake. It's like Warren Buffett. I, I learned a lot from Warren Buffett. Um, if you haven't read his book, it's Snowball. This is autobiography, mm-hmm. like very good book. Um, and I, I, learned, I read it to kind of understand his psychology because he takes everything to an extreme level. It's like trying to follow a top level bodybuilder. If, you, if I wanted a good physique, I'd go and study the top level bodybuilders and tone it down a bit. If you want to be a great investor and use money really well, mm-hmm. study the best ever, Warren Buffett, yeah. and tone it down. And what he said was, is he got to about 16, he was worth billions. And he went, I could give all my money to charity now and have a big impact on the world. But he said, for every pound that I keep, I can invest this better than any other person on the planet. So if I give all my money away in 20 years' time, this compounded is going to be so much more because I managed to use it. I can give out so much more utility in the future. So in essence, if you do the same thing with yourself, if you're very good at producing money, creating money and building like those things, if you want to help your family out, get more secure yourself, mm-hmm. build lots of passive, as I'm saying all the time, I don't believe in pure passive income, wealth streams, become more wealthy, become more stable, then start helping them. Don't dive straight in. Not necessarily, but that's up to you. But I think you could give a lot more support and security to your family if you waited a bit. So that's what I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting off the, getting off the track here. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I think money can buy happiness and does buy happiness. And I think there's a lot of caveats to that. But on the whole, and this is just from, you hear all this thing, people are like, oh, money doesn't buy you happiness. Yes, I know a lot of rich people that are unhappy. But on the whole, people that have a lot of money are much happier <laughs> and freer. Like I've just seen it. I've been around them. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I don't know. I tend to I tend to disagree. I think I think it's the point of financial security. I think once you've got once you've got a certain level of financial security, I think you can take more risks at finding the thing that fulfills you. Up until that point, most people are like, right, I need to put the blinkers on. I need to just do the hard work, at whatever it is, whether it's like fucking laying bricks or plumbing or just working in an office job that you fucking hate. People can just shut off and be like, right, I'm just going to do this until I get to that point. Because until you hit the point of financial freedom or at least financial stability, you have to be more risk averse or you have to find fulfillment in other things, which I think is why people sort of turn to religion, for example. That's kind of the the birth of Christianity was off off of that basis. It was uh, a religion that gave fulfillment to people that were ultimately just living shit horrible lives there was like promise of salvation and eternal bliss at the end of that 
and it worked and it was like it sold people well but obviously we don't live in an age now where religion is such an important factor and I think that's why so many people are struggling to find fulfillment and I think that's why more and more people are, are unhappy yeah but I, 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 I believe though that one of the biggest factors of people being unhappy is society imposing limiting beliefs on people but I generally think that people aren't fulfilled is because they don't believe they are able to make themselves fulfilled because they don't believe they have the actual one sport guys are next have the actual true ability to actually go and make the money that they can mm-hmm. and start the things that they want to do that would make them fulfilled because they've been told by society that you're never going to be better than they, you already are. You're never going to be able to do those things. You've been told at school that you're never going to be above a certain level. You're never going to, your, parents, your parents possibly have told you you're never going to be better than X. Don't look at that person. You're never going to be like them. It'll only like mm-hmm. make you frustrated. Yep. I'm going to tell you that's absolute bullshit and I believe that's one of the biggest yeah. reasons that people fail and don't become successful and are miserable and I think you have a much more I think because of that as well you end up having a very negative relationship with money and the psychology behind money and this is probably why I don't have that negative or I maybe get more happiness from it because I think a lot of people see money as this thing that they can't obtain and therefore it's a frustration a frustration and a very emotionally driven thing which then Yes, even if they get, if they, they don't believe they can earn more of it, they don't have a very negative association with money and therefore success because they don't feel like they can achieve it. And I think that's where one big thing I have never had was like, well, I never had any caps on my abilities and my beliefs, which going back to success, I believe that one of the biggest things stopping people from becoming successful is their imposter syndrome or their actual internal belief systems are such that they actually don't believe that they can be successful. And I've worked with so many people. We were talking about this the other day, and you said that you th- we were talking about like, what makes someone successful, and you were making the argument that, because we were writing something for a PR company, and they, they talked about success and, and traits of success. And, he, and Marcus said that, oh, well, it's going to be, it's going to tend to be like, you know, arrogant people that feel like they're entitled to success that won't do the work or put in the labor and I said actually on the contrary that does happen Mm -hmm. but those people tend to have the confidence to actually see it through and actually do the things that you know are uncomfortable because they they genuinely believe through arrogance that they will be successful that is very powerful now not the right way to do it but it does assist what I've found the biggest hinder of success is is the imposter syndrome that most and and I'd say like the generation probably below us suffer from it even more um, probably from social media and other things, but they don't actually truly believe they're capable. And when they come onto our mentorship schemes, I pick on them very quickly, and they're, they're almost paralysed by the fear of failure because they know they're going to fail, or they just they, they failed before they restarted. And they don't actually believe the, that they're actually of the value, that they don't believe that in their own self-worth, which then transitions into, why am I even bothering? Why am I even going to start? And then feel guilt associated with making money Mm -hmm. because oh my god I'm being paid for this service that you know I really shouldn't be doing this because I'm not good enough even though I'm sitting there saying well look you're better than 999% of people on the internet right now you know that offer shit services and scam people out of their money Mm -hmm. you actually care you're good at what you and they can't sit no matter how and then like that is one of the biggest hindering hindrances I've seen of success is people's inability to believe in themselves where do you think that comes from? yeah I imposter syndrome is definitely a thing and I I think I think it comes from an early age, I think from a, especially now, it's like, 
it, it's the whole cliche of like participation awards. Like you're never you're never actively encouraged to attempt to be Fuck. the best. <laughs> like it, that that kind of has just yeah. been slowly eroding. I think I, I think from a young age you're taught to just be like subordinate, to be quiet, to be a tame version of yourself. It's like this is maybe a little bit controversial, but it's like with the, the like, rise in we like, we like controversy <laughs> the, the rise podcast. in uh, ADHD diagnosis in young children in particular, mm-hmm. and it's like th- there, there's no logical reason. It's not like something's been put in the water that's now causing ADHD in children. It's no, we're just labelling energetic, charismatic, enthusiastic children that can't sit down because they've got a shitload of energy that they could they could be doing something useful with as having attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. So those same kids can go and sit and play Call of Duty and they're probably shit hot at Call of Duty with like laser focus for like hours on end. Like that is not a child with attention deficit disorder. That is a child that has just hasn't found a purpose or a thing that they enjoy. Which, very good point. So I think a lot of imposter syndrome comes from parenting, social pressure and labels. Right? Mm-hmm. So labels is a very fucking dangerous game to play. Well, you, you had it. I just let just butt in because um, it's the story you told me about what your, uh, I think it was your nan would say to you about your job is like when are you uh, when are you when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> yeah, when are you get a proper job? She used to say, yeah, she doesn't understand it. But a hundred percent, like so. For example, if if you're there and you feel like you have imposter syndrome, think back to when you were a child and what people used to say to you and what they used to like label you as. So, like for example, I, I'm a big believer in belief systems, right? And a label is a belief system that you can ingrain into someone by telling them something from an early age, mm-hmm. because we've all we all know, right, that with the right willpower you can pretty much make yourself into whatever you want so why would you label someone at an early age as something and then you know that person they can manifest that thing in their head like i got told when i was young i was clumsy mm-hmm. by, by my neighbor and every time i went around she said you're clumsy and i truly believe for years i was fucking clumsy although i was like absolutely insane at sports like i won everything <laughs> right a clumsy person isn't like yeah Comes like isn't great at sports with great hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. and great yeah. athleticism. Yeah, but and I, I managed when I started understanding belief systems. I started going through all the things that I believed about myself. I was like, where the hell does that come from? And I remembered because I knocked a glass over in our living room once, and that stuck with me for years. It's, now, if someone says to you, "Oh, you know, you're not a leader. You're you're a follower." Um, you're low confidence, but that's okay. Like, you've got ADHD, you've got dyslexia, you've got, you know, whatever. You're not good, your attention span isn't very good, you haven't got very good patience. You label yourself as that as a kid. That's going to manifest itself into an adult. And then when you do go and try to uh, attempt things, mm-hmm. those things have built into such a strong belief system, you truly believe it. Yeah, the trouble is, when you're, when you're that young, you're obviously, you're just a sponge, aren't you? You're yep. just, you're so impressionable. And, the, the trouble is when you're a child as well you can't choose your role models like your role models are your parents and they are your teachers yes and unless you've got good parents and you've got good teachers you're fucked <laughs> essentially like uh, you can do it later on in life you can and this, this is what I was going to say and like but this is it becomes a lot harder because you already have that inbuilt belief system that you you can't be a success you you can't work hard you are clumsy you are stupid it takes a lot more time and effort to address those problems later on in life. And this, this is actually something that uh, Malcolm Gladwell, that wrote the book Outliers, we were talking about this earlier, mm. kind of mentioned. And when you get an advantage and that leg up in life, and I talk about like your network and everything being so impactful to you, um, 
if you don't have poor teachers when you were younger, what's going to happen is you are going to have better belief systems in yourself. So, for example, my son Morgan, I'm already like training him to be an animal, and I'm telling him he's good at stuff. I'm criti- I'm criticizing, I make him win, and I, mm. I, I try and like be a better, a good loser, and learn from his mistakes. He's only two and a half, by the way. Um, Right, yeah. because I know from until until he's about seven or eight, his subconscious is building very quickly, mm-hmm. and I know that if I'm a good teacher to him, he gives him a leg up. Because what will happen is all of a sudden he'll excel more in certain things, which therefore means he'll hang around with people that excel more, which have better belief systems, and he'll be around people that teach and promote better belief systems because he's more in the more successful classes, which therefore gives him a better advantage. And what happens is his gap between his peers growing up will get bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. It's what Marx is saying. So the earlier you can do these things, obviously if you're watching this and you're 20 or 30, sorry, you need to kind of work harder. But, and I'm not saying you can't because I didn't have mm-hmm. the teachers. I had to do it myself. Um, it gets harder and harder and harder. And, but the thing is, and then what happens is, is when you become successful, you start to do things like start up your own business, you start networking with other people the same way and they have better belief systems and then you, you suddenly realise your flaws. or that mm-hmm. you're So this is where mentorship is good. I'm not trying to plug our service by any means. <laughs> yeah. But by hiring us as mentors, you get access to the positive belief systems and positive people that already have these things ingrained into them in a good way. Because the same way a negative label can really negatively impact for you, I positively label myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I am productive. I am driven, I am competitive, I am good at business, I am a good thinker, you know, I am a good problem solver. And I believe those things because I, re- I label myself with those things. So yeah, a, good, a good mentor should be a role model. Yes. It's a role model who is directly accessible and is teaching you directly. Obviously you can find role models outside of whatever it is you're doing. You can look to like historic figures or famous people, but when you're being mentored by someone who can act as a role model in that capacity, so someone that has done the things that you want to do, someone that has achieved the successes that you want to achieve, someone that has the same um, ambitions and goals and drives that you want to have, it's going to be so, so much more successful. I would say another caveat to that, though, is look for people that have been through the struggles that you're going through first, because there is a lot of successful mm-hmm. people that have had a very nice life, that have had all the right teachers and stuff first, who aren't even aware that they had good belief systems yep. built from a young age. And same analogy again, I use the gym analogies a lot, right? So if you find someone that had really, you want to grow up your arms, don't find the person that had genetically really good arms and ask them for advice. Like, they're not going to be any good to teach you. Mm-hmm. Find the person that had really shit arms and had to go in the trenches and figure out the way how to grow them. <laughs> yeah. Then got really good arms and ask them. Same way with mentors. Find out someone that wasn't genetically gifted, didn't come from a great family, didn't come from good stock and then had a great support system and, and you know, mm-hmm. network growing up and then obviously was much more successful than most people. Find the person that started like you did, that figured out the way out, then became successful and me- mentored from them. I think that's also important to take mm-hmm. into account as well. Yeah. Because it is quite easy to look at everyone in the same light just because they have or where they are or you want to be. But yeah. Look at the journey if, if you can. Yeah, especially when it comes to imposter syndrome. I think having someone relatable that has, has been through that and has kind of broken through it and come out the other side, that's super important. Like, with, um, with imposter syndrome, just going back to it, it's, it's one of those things where it will be, it is the make or break moment, I think, on a lot of people's kind of journey towards success. Um, there's a, it's a psychologist, I can't remember his name now, 
I want to say it's Todd someone or someone Todd. Um, but he actually, he, he works with a lot of professional athletes. Um, and obviously like professional athletes, a lot of them have that same sort of imposter syndrome or it's, it's in a pinnacle moment, like in their career, like where the pressure's on, like you have to be the person that's going to win for your team. It's like, well, why, why should I be? I, I'm not that person. And it's a way that, um, it's kind of almost like a thought experiment that they get them to do. It's to sort of build and, uh, create like a, a second self, like a second avatar, mm-hmm. like, and <laughs> For some people, they're, they're able to create this thing. They're able to imagine like this ideal version of themselves or like the ideal um, version of their success and how they would like to act in that moment. But a lot of them still can't do it. A lot of them can imagine it, like the same way a lot of people have imposter syndrome. Like they imagine where they could be, but it's still taking that moment to do it. And he said that one of the most successful things that he got to do, people to do was to um, implement a trigger in moments where they felt like they had imposter syndrome and for um, I can't remember which NBA team it was that he worked with now but he would get them to have a tic tac <laughs> it was literally simple take take they call it like your superhero pill and it was like literally you just take the tic tac and become that person that you know that you could be but that you're kind of scared of becoming I just thought that that was quite like a an interesting trope on like a, a little thing that you can do to break through that mindset. Very powerful. And another really powerful thing, which is I, I always advise people to do, I'm really careful of myself, is the terminology and language you use to, to, to explain things or do things. Mm. So, for example, yeah, I'll try and do that. Change that. <laughs> so I will do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say, a lot of people say, state beliefs like they're facts as well. Like, I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. that is not a fact that's a statement yeah right but that statement becomes fact in your brain so whereas you can just flip it completely on his head like i do i am good at that mm-hmm. can completely shift and like and you just have to be consistent with hammering that into yourself i'm not sure if i can do that no i can definitely do that yeah like mm-hmm. You know, literally just changing the terminology that you use and the way you talk about things will completely influence how you think. Now, it's not a quick thing, but it will. it's the same way you've done it all your life about these things that make those belief systems stick. So think about all the belief systems that you have in yourself. Write them all down, positive and negative, and then look at the ones that serve you and the ones that don't. And the ones that don't, get fucking rid of them. And then look at the ones you need to get to the things, get, to get the things done that you want to achieve and add them in. Yeah, and you'll be amazed how quickly things start to change. And, it, and I said it's not a quick process, but it is very quick, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. You can reprogram yourself and just be very active on picking those words up. It's just tiny. It's tiny little steps, isn't it? It's building Huge. habit, and it's and it's not. It's not even in terms of just physical habit. It's building habitual thinking. It's which shifts the way you think and your belief on, the, on who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is profound. And in terms of success and making money, which is what this is all about, if that's really what you want to do, mm-hmm. I am good at making money. Yeah. And like, I'm not a big believer in affirmations. All this morning bullshit of affirmations and stuff is, the premise works, but I don't think you can just do it in a morning routine. You have to do it all day, every day. And you have to mm-hmm. rechange your belief systems because... Your belief system. The way, I heard a stat recently. I can't remember what it was. We think about the same things ninety percent of the same ninety percent of the thing. Sorry, we think about the same things 
90% of the day, every single day. Mm-hmm. Only 10% of the things that come up are actually different. We think about the same things over and over again. Yeah. And if we're, by doing that, you're reinforcing your same beliefs because you're thinking about those things every single day. So if you can shift those, you're reinforcing those things every single day in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as literally just shifting your beliefs and, and changing that. Like, for example, people say, oh, I'm, not, I'm not very good at losing weight. I, I gain weight way easily. Shift it. Yeah. You know, I lose weight easily. Yeah. Honestly, it, honestly, I know it sounds stupid until you do it, but getting up in the mirror, standing at yourself in the mirror and saying the things over and writing them down 20 times, yes, will work. What you really need to do is say them to yourself all day, every day, until it's ingrained in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, when I was, uh, first got with Zara, my partner, um, she always used to tell me I was arrogant because she would ask me, she, and she still asked me this question. She's like, you are. <laughs> Sorry. She's like, is, it, is there anything that you're not good at? I'm like, yeah, there's loads of things I'm not good at. I said, well, is there anything that you think you could never be good at? I'm like, no. I, gen- I genuinely believe that. I just don't, I don't, I think that everyone has the capacity in themselves to be exceptional at anything as long as they put the work in. Yeah, you're not saying be the best in the world. You're no. Exceptional, very good at yeah, something. Exactly. I agree completely. Yeah. And I get that if you're starting from a younger age, if you're starting as a child, you've got more time. You've got more time to invest into a skill. You're probably going to be better. But even later on in life, like as long as you want to put the work in, you're, you're going to become good at something. If you put all your time and effort into something, you could become top 1%. Yeah. Now, you're not going to become the, like, the best of the best because there's a genetic component, there's other components in mm-hmm. that. But what Mark is saying is your belief system is the only thing really holding you back. Yeah, so there's a, there's a really good book called Peak by um, Anders Ericsson. And it's talking about like peak human performance across the board. Um, and this was kind of his area of psychological study for, for years. And uh, he talks about working with, uh, I think I might have told you about this before, he talks about working with a client and he was, I think he was a hedge fund uh, investor or banker. Uh, his name was Dan and he was like in his mid 30s he was looking to retire early um, and he phoned up uh, this psychologist and uh, he said look I'm going to retire in a couple of years time um, I've read your stuff on peak human performance he's like I've got a plan I want, I want to become a PGA pro like golf pro he's like okay have you, do you play golf quite regularly he's like no no I've never played golf before in my life he's like I just really like the idea of becoming a, a pro golfer he's like Right, okay. He's like, how much time can you afford to like dedicate to this? And he's like, oh yeah, it's all my, all my time now. So he started working with um, uh, Anders Ericsson and for the first six months of his, <laughs> of his new golf career, he just putted all day, every day. He spent all day, every day just putting on a green. Didn't touch another club. As soon as he was a pro at putting, he's like, right, let's move on to another club. And he just did it that way. And I, th- I think it was after like four or five years got his PGA golf card having never played golf before in his life mm. this guy's called it the Dan plan he just, he just went in there with that mindset <laughs> of I can do anything that I put my mind to this is the thing that I'm going to do and I'm going to become exceptional at it it's incredible what you can do and this is like something I really want people to take home when we talked about this today because I know we talked about money and something other but mm. you can fucking do whatever you want in life yeah. honestly there's literally and there'll be people that complain, oh, I've got this, I've got that, blah, blah. So it's fucking an excuse. It's a belief system, again, you know. Um, yes, if you've got massive disabilities, 
that's a proper excuse and maybe mm -hmm. you are limited but there's still things you can do and you can still improve your life drastically with the right belief systems believe that um <laughs> yeah so no matter what your situation or how negative things are for you or the the kind of handicaps that you may have like physically or just mentally uh, or what you think you might have as a, as a as a hurdle in life changing your belief systems and your and knowing that you become become more financially successful than you are through changing you know just your beliefs changing your lifestyle doing the things that you might not necessarily want to do. I, th I think as well, I think accepting that you are probably relying on crutches as well yeah. is a big part in that. Huge. Um, it's, it's very easy to scapegoat, to make excuses, to find a, a reason why you can't do something. But like that's that. often fueled by imposter syndrome and fear of failure. So people will find a mm -hmm. crutch rather than accept the fact that they're scared of failure or they don't believe, they know internally that they're they feel like they're not capable, they'll blame it on something else because that's easier than accepting that fact. Mm -hmm. So people create crutches like, for example, oh, I've got kids. Oh, I've got a full-time job. Oh, I've got like, you know, whatever. It's escapism. I've got well. anxiety, I've yeah. got ADHD, all these different things. So that's their crutch. That's their excuse. Mm -hmm. um, but really, that's all nonsensical. I th yeah, I think, I think you have to accept that... If you're, if you're feeling demotivated, if you're feeling like you, you're an imposter, that you, you can't succeed or that you're not worthy of success, you, you need to have a step back and look at are you relying on something to, to make you comfortable? Because ultimately, taking, not, not pursuing success and not risking the chance of failure is more comfortable than yes. taking that jump. Yes. And... You need to find the things that you're relying on to make you comfortable. So for some people, that might be like just binging social media, binging TV, just addic addiction of any kind, like video games, fucking porn, drink, like drugs, whatever. Those things, even, even like, even overworking to a degree, like people that are addicted to work and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't have, like you say, I don't have the time. How many times have you heard that? I don't have the time to do this. I'm too busy to do that. So well, that's, you're just you're relying on that. That's your crutch. Your your crutch is that you believe that you're a person that doesn't have the time to make a success of themselves. Agreed. And I think one of the, another thing to take home here, we'll wrap up on this, is you need to have a lot of self reflection and self awareness to be able to do these things that like we've just talked about. Because if you're merely going about your way on your day to day, you know, struggling with things and doing things. It, these things aren't obvious to people mm. because they've spent their entire lives making crutches or not understanding that they've got imposter syndrome or not really looking or understanding themselves internally or what belief systems they might have. So the first thing you need to do is if you're struggling with any of these things in terms of becoming more successful or taking a leap into something, whatever it might be, you know, commitment, you know, whatever it might be, spend some serious fucking time looking inwards and figuring out these things. Like we've just given you a great big list of things that you can start looking at. And like writing them down, and I do this on a day-to-day -day basis anyway, just because I always like to know where I'm at and I like to figure out what my brain and body is saying because that mm -hmm. really helps me understand how I can change those things. And the belief that you can change them is another big belief that you need to have, that they're not stuck in the stone. You're not genetically handicapped by or, or, or hurdled by any particular thing and believe that you can change your situation 
yeah. is the biggest thing. Like I think as well, like re- remove, like for, for introspection more than anything else, I think you need to remove yourself from everything. So if, for me personally, that's leaving everything at home and just going for a massive fucking walk by yeah. myself with no noise, no distraction, just you and your thoughts. I fucking hate walking, so I wouldn't do that. I just go and sit in a room, but you know. No, but no, but no, but nobody does that now. Like even no. if you're sat in a room, like you put you got your phone, you got your laptop, you got your TV. Like there's a distraction. For me, I for me personally, so my, my technique. So he's going for a long fucking walk over the downs, and I just be thinking about how much my legs hurt. <laughs> but I, for me, it really helps me just like sitting outside at night underneath like the mm-hmm. stars yeah, I agree. don't know why but really yeah. clear like away from everything I've seen put a fire on don't know if that's some yeah, I agree. Just, on yeah. your own looking up yeah. and think mm-hmm. and honestly that's I have had some of the biggest <laughs> like breakthroughs yeah. in myself just doing that I find it quite majestic in a way yeah. um, so that for me really helps if I really uh, I just go and literally sit down and look up put a Put a, put a mat down, put the mm. towel down, and just just lay on the grass. I don't give a shit. But yeah. you know, stare up, no one around you, completely quiet, and the things that start coming to you. And like I said, think about the things we've been talking about, and all of a sudden, why? Yeah, and, and some of the things I realised, like why the fuck did I even think that I was like that, or why have I been doing that for all this? Like since I can remember, and it, game changer, and successful in you, I promise you that. Um, so yeah. I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we wrap it up there. Another, was it, was it we under 40 minutes? So no, not too long. Hopefully you got some value from this. And, yeah. you know, any questions or, if you disagree with anything, we'd love to know. Put it in the comments below. As we'd like a bit of debate and we'll be able to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's any other topics you'd like us to cover, whack them below or DM me. Yeah. Um, my socials will be in the description. <laughs>